got a lot of kids. How many of you are watching at the ladies' retreat? Okay. Um, I'm impressed that you're here. Thank you. How many of you uh, wives are, are at the marriage retreat or wedding? What is it called? And you're not here. That was supposed to be a joke. It would have been a lot of fun. Um, well, hey, we survived. You know, two kids. We survived. It was kind of like Lord of the Flies at around seven house. Um, which lets me know that my wife is very important in my in my family, um, but good whenever people can get together and and just worship together and take some time. Um, thank you for being here. This is a good place to be. Um, I'm looking forward to this morning's. We're in Purpose Month, and I wanted to start by letting you know that this past week I went to lunch with somebody, a good a, a friend, a new friend, I guess, but he goes to this church. Uh, the, He's in our church family, and we were at a restaurant, and the waitress came up. Is it is it okay to say waitress? The food server came up, and uh, he looked at her, and he says, hey, we're about to pray. He called her by name, by the way. He said, and I wanted to know, is there anything we could pray for you about? And she said, well, yes. And she started telling us about her son, and her son has some medical issues. There, we all grabbed hands, and we prayed. A little while later, in the same lunch, he saw the busboy. And, and the busboy came over to him, shook his hand, and he went on to start telling me all of the positive things about this busboy. So, you know, this man has, I would say, you probably doesn't know these people personally, uh, intimately, you know, like you're, you do with your friends, but he take, has taken the time to get to know them on some level. Whenever me, I'm just making sure that my food's there on time. But it's good to see whenever somebody is looking for opportunity, which really has reminded me again how honored and humbled I am to be able to be alongside such people here. You know, I keep reminding myself that this is from, this church is descended from a congregation that has spanned decades. You know, people who weren't perfect, but who recognized the need for forgiveness and, and holy community. You know, this, this church has descended from people who aren't satisfied with simply contribute to the needs of one another and to the needs of this community. You know, this congregation has a rich history of planting churches, serving others beyond these walls here, beyond these five acres In fact, the ministries that have emerged from this congregation has reached beyond differences, beyond worship styles, beyond preference, ministry that has literally helped to shape the city. That's awesome. And that's God. I believe that when we are courageous enough to stand as a witness to what God has done in our life, that he's going to bless that testimony. And I think he's blessed you and he's continuing to bless you. Are we perfect? No. If we did, we wouldn't need to meet together. We wouldn't need to be here because we'd have it all right and we'd be perfect. But do we know who we serve? Yes, we do. And we continue to stand as a witness to what God has in our life and in the life of our church. You know, to be able to serve along such people with such history, it, it really does continue to humble me and encourage and, and I hope it inspires you as well. And as we move into our life, I want you to keep that in mind. 
Keep this legacy in mind as we keep our eyes on the road that lay ahead. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful. I think sometimes we take for granted, Lord, the space that you have given us. I know I do. And I pray this morning that you would help remind us that we are all imperfect people who have been holy mission. And for some reason, you have faith in us that we will carry it out. So Lord, continue to encourage us and inspire us. Continue to motivate us and put people in our life, those people who are hating. Lord, keep putting them in our life so that we will start you know, paying attention more and blessing others when we can. Lord, we pray for those folks who have been affected by horrible shooting in Florida. Lord, and we pray that you would forgive us for the words we have said after, flippantly, blatantly. Lord, help us to paying attention to one another in the best and in the worst of moments. We know that in our best and worst moments, we still hope people will pay attention to us. So, so Lord, please help us. Help us to not turn a blind eye to those people around us who need our help. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we're talking about what we do and why we do it. Now, personally, we talk about this. We're talking about it as a congregation as well. That's what our entire month is. And Brian mentioned it earlier, that next week is Purpose Month. And, and hopefully, we're going to be able to, as a congregation, to seeing these ministries and, and seeing our missions through for yet another year. Um, so the question I continue to ask you this month is, you know what you do, but do you know why you do it? Have you clarified your why? Now, what lead, I hope to encourage and inspire, and I, and I hope to do that by casting a vision of what could be, of what God is able to do in the best and worst of us through Jesus Christ. And why do I do it? I do this because, because God has saved me from myself and continues to do so on a daily basis. I do this because I believe that even though the way of Jesus is not the easiest way, that it is the only way that leads to life. It is the only way finding our purpose, both now and forever. I do what I do because I love God with all that I am and all that I have. I do this because I have been shown love by others. And I want to show that love to others, the same love that has been shown to me. Why is very clear, but I will tell you that there are moments, several moments when I need to be reminded of my why, just like you do. So today, let's let Scripture remind us of our why and what we do and why we do it, while specifically about why we are called, why we do what we do here and personally and congregationally. So look in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We'll be in Matthew 25 in just, just a moment. But if you remember, Matthew 8 very clearly says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you haven't noticed, we're looking at this text kind of in reverse order. Last week, we talked about the ends of the earth. We had a great conversation with Jennifer Ashlock. If you were not here last week, the reason, uh, go online or look on iTunes for Johnson Street Church of Christ and, and listen to the sermon. Jennifer had some wonderful things to say, and God is using you through her in a, in a, in a land far, far away. 
I mean, it's amazing the things that she is able to do. Uh, so listen to that. I want to encourage you um, that we are continuing to be a witness to the end of the earth. And Jen- Jennifer showed us that our- it can be in the form of spiritual support, just encouraging letters and notes. Um, she showed us that with each prayer, each dollar, we are able to change and shape the lives of people. You know, through the stories of her kids in Katali, she reminded us of why it is still important to reach to the ends of the earth. And that's only one of our mission efforts. It's only one of the things that we do. So the question I asked last week was, what's next? What more can we do? And it's a question I'm going to be asking today and next. Our area right here that need our attention as well. So the apostles were going to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Okay, It was probably an easier place to go because it was still Israel. If you know anything about the, the, these kind of areas were all divided at some point in this history. And when Jesus was around, these were all areas, right? You had Edomea, Judea, Samaria, Galilee, the Decapolis. Now, it was, Judea was probably easier to go to because it was still Israel. That's where Jerusalem was, but, but it was not Galilee. Galilee is different than Judea in lots of different ways. In fact, Galilee, you've probably heard this before, the people in Galilee were considered uh, less refined. Okay, I don't know if y'all view mine being in West Texas, right? But this is the way people thought of people. Oh, they're less refined. You know, being in Houston for 20 years, you realize, okay, people in Dallas, for some reason, they just have this beef against people in Houston. I don't know what it is. Houston stage of Texas, you know, it's where everything really happens. You know, it's, you have all the refineries and things and the people in Houston, it's funny, a problem with people in Dallas, people in Dallas have a problem with people in Houston. It's the same way in Judea and Galilee. For some reason, there's just this little, you know, this little beef, you know, this little uh, thing that they've got. So, um, Judea connections with the temple, with those people who were in charge of the temple. Uh, the people in Galilee, they do a lot of the synagogues, lots of synagogues. Some of the best schools are in Galilee, uh, so there's some kind there. Uh, but, but then he mentions Samaria. Samaria. Mm. Jesus kind of pushes right through this comfort zone, doesn't he? I mean, Samaria doesn't really go to that often. I know we hear about it in Scripture, um, but you can go around Samaria, and a lot of times people would go around Samaria. You know, if you can think of the people group that you, the people groups today that you most are afraid of, think of those people as living in Samaria. Samaria is their home, right? It's right around you. In fact, you rarely venture into it on the way to Jerusalem. You sometimes take the long way around, but then the risen Jesus, the glorified body of Jesus is standing there, right? And he tells you, oh yeah, you're going to be a witness in Judea and Samaria. You're going to be a witness in those places that you're comfortable going and those places that you're not. He says it very matter-of-factly too. You know, as if his apostles and these, these followers had no choice. And I wonder, could we embrace that purpose? Can we embrace Going to those places that we're very uncomfortable going to. You know, the legacy of this church family is that our church has around this community. We've had a history of people who felt called to be a witness to San Angelo and beyond. 
This morning you heard from Brian and you heard some great stories and saw some good numbers. We, we have one day every year that is devoted to the work going on at Rust Street. I mean, it's amazing how that idea started a few people who were asking that question. What's next? What if? How could we? And now, look at it. It can live and thrive and flourish. And the gospel has become something that our city can't help but proclaim. Isn't that funny that our city loves it? We've embraced Rust Street as their own. That's the gospel that they're embracing. Doing. And our community is growing as our opportunities and ministry efforts grow. We have privilege of serving people who need a fresh start. We have you know, people who need conversation, who need someone to walk alongside of them. You know, Concho Valley Turning Point has been walking alongside people for years, helping them. God can release us from even the darkest of places. You know those self-made prison cells that we self-made prison cells of addiction and anger. I mean, what a gift to have someone willing to come into the darkness and walk us out. People who are willing to say, "Hey, I've got safety to offer you. I've got grace and mercy and solid ground here for you." I mean, God continues to reach people and it continues to, to reach into areas that make many of us uncomfortable. But, but really, isn't that where God in the middle of that discomfort, that uncomfortable space? We have some people in this church family who minister to those people in our county jail. You may not know that. I mean, they help see people. They help, to, they help people to see that, that even though they think their life is wrecked, there is still hope in the name of Jesus Christ. That's something. We also have people who, who focus on helping those in need around us. Feeding the hungry. On their own, apart from any organization, they're just doing it. People said, hey, I want to do something. And so they do it. And it's ongoing. Man, it's just it's awesome to see it. I mean, whenever people take it on themselves to love and to serve others, and it's, it disrupts their week, that's the gospel. The other day, I was, I was driving down the um, service road, and I saw a guy, so I had to roll the window down, gave him some money, and I said, hey, you know there's a free meal coming, and he knew exactly what I was talking about. He goes, oh yeah, it's at this Other things happening, whether we're helping people find financial freedom from their, I tell you, money is so tough. Somebody get their way out of financial bondage. It's something that we do here every Wednesday. You know, people are, are helping in a very basic way. I mean, what better way is there to witness to somebody, to help them in their time of need? And the people here are doing this in the name of Jesus you know, who are from out of town, whose families are in the hospital. I mean, we know what we do here. And I want us to remind ourselves why we do it. Turn to Matthew 25. This is, a very, this is something you've heard several times. This is the parable Jesus is telling his disciples. 
25, starting in verse 20, uh, 31, well, and then to 34. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels will sit on His glorious throne, verse 34, then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked at me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you. Whatever you least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Which makes me wonder, if Jesus had told him and was eternal life and an inheritance, then shouldn't serving and helping those who have absolutely nothing to offer be part of our purpose? I mean, of course it should, which leads me to another question. At those people who are in need. How often are we able to help and serve others in and around our community, not only the poor, but everyone? I mean, considering that most of our Christian life happens outside this building, how many people could we really be blessing? Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, I have a few people at the office, or I know if y'all are at school, y'all are thinking, man, there's so many people at school, I can't possibly reach them all. I don't know if you're actually thinking that, but let's just say you are. Wherever you are in this spectrum... Whether you think there's not enough or you think there's way too many. I'm going to tell you that we all have an average of about six to eight people that we see every single week that we could be blessed. We have an average of seven to eight people that we see each and every day. Coffee shop every day. We may go to the gas station once a week. We may go over here. We may go to this place and that place. You'll see some of the same people over and over again. Do we realize they're the same people over and over? I mean, granted, I know we have our family, and that's the people we see the most, unless you're a teenager. <laughs> Usually you see the same types of people, but but what about the others? You know, what about those people at school? What about those people that you see at lunch? See people that you see, um, I don't know if you have a whole mundane of places. What about them? What if we began to see them not as an interruption or as a distraction or as something round to get to where we need to be? What if we stopped looking at these people like that and started looking at them as opportunities? Because we are going to be witnesses. It's going to happen and we already are. It's not an option. God wants to you get the word out to the people. And we have reached far into this world. But we also need to reach out closest to us. I mean, think about it. If each of us became intentional about reaching out like this friend of mine who just prayed for the food server and encouraged the busser. If we can be intentional about reaching out to those six to eight people in our sphere of influence and imagine what God could do with that type of why. Each of our, I know it doesn't look like it today, 
thousand members of us focused on six to eight people, we could be having a direct impact on up to 8,000 people each and every week. 8,000. And if we reach out and those people accept the gospel, then all of a sudden now we're talking 64,000 people. 8,000 people, that's game, that's a game changer. I know sometimes it's comfortable, and I know sometimes it is not. You know, what's funny is that at eight, we see that a persecution breaks out because of a man named Saul. It says that apostles were scattered. All of his disciples, the ones he's looking at saying, you are going to be my witnesses. These people are scattered. They're not mission and a purpose. And this is what it says. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse four, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. From here, we see that the gospel starts spreading like wildfire. Out of our discomfort comes life. And I believe strongly that God is more concerned with freeing people who are trapped. So don't be afraid. Plant seeds of faith. Do good because God can reach into those places we never thought possible and care for those seeds and grow believers even in the darkest of places. Can you imagine God can grow a seed in the middle of darkness because just one ounce of light from Him is enough to grow a world. He'll do that through you. The seeds that you could plant starting today. Done so far, right? One day we're going to see just exactly what God has done through tension, even in the most minute way, to those people who desperately desire it. Ask that God helps you speak up in those places that are comfortable to you. Those places where it's easy to encourage and love. And then ask Him to give you the courage to help you speak up to love to those people in those places where it is not comfortable. And make it a practice. Make it something that is part of your daily routine. Make it a, make it a prayer as you wake up. Give, when it's not easy. Give me the courage to love when they are unlovable. Give me the courage to be a witness in the places that are the darkest today. And I think through this practice that God will grow your faith. He will clarify your purpose. And when your purpose is clear, you're going to see opportunities lean into your faith. It's going to happen. Now, there are other ministries I didn't mention. I mean, there's a lot going on here. But one in particular, you know, it's been a ministry in the heart of ASU for over 50 years. It's our campus center. It's right down the street. Our elders know the value and potential of this very local mission. And they realize that the ministry is only now just scratching the surface of what God can do. Because the people that come in here, they're going into all the world. We'll be talking more about that on March the 4th. It's a faith project that we'll be talking about. I'm going to say it again. God has more for us, for our community, 
even with everything we've been able to do, what's next? How else could we help? How else can we serve? And what if our every Sunday here was not just a dismissal? What if, what if instead it was ascending? You know, what if we sent you into the community and beyond each and every Sunday with the express purpose to be witnesses because that is what you are through you? Let this rest in your heart. Let's all stand together. And I want you to take a moment to respond, however that is, as we sing together. I'll say this before. <laughs> Hear this blessing. You will be God's witnesses both and out. You will be with this church family, to this community, to San Angelo, to the communities beyond. You will have the opportunity to shine bright to those people this week. So open your eyes. Pray for those in your way. Share what God has done, even when it may be uncomfortable. Be witnesses individually and together. And the gospel will be brave because God has chosen you. He's chosen all of you. May God be with you.